Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and this is a special recap episode from today's WWDC keynote. Apple announced all the changes to their major operating systems, iOS 15, iPadOS, watchOS. So we're going to go over all of that. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at SetApp. You can learn about them at setapp.com or click the link in the show notes to learn more. Apple started out talking about iOS 15 with big changes to FaceTime. FaceTime is now going to have spatial audio where voices from the people you're speaking with are actually going to come or seem like they're coming from the place on screen if you're using AirPods or a device that supports spatial audio. And they're also bringing voice isolation, which will eliminate background audio and help someone focus on the actual voice. And so you have some ambient noise going around. FaceTime will eliminate that noise for you. There's a new grid view, much like the Zoom gallery mode, where you can see all the FaceTime video participants in little windows. Portrait mode to give you that nice blurry background. And most of all, Apple is making a play here to compete with the likes of Zoom and WebEx, where you can actually have FaceTime links. So you can start a FaceTime group call and actually send a link even to Windows and Android users, and they can join the FaceTime call by using that link. Much like sharing a Zoom link, people can join a Zoom call from any device. You'll now be able to do that with FaceTime calls. So again, a major play at Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and all that. But also, Apple announced a big feature called SharePlay. SharePlay will allow you to share music being played on your device, whether that's iOS or the Mac, or you can even watch something with people while doing a FaceTime call. So other streaming services have this like Netflix and Disney Plus and Apple is now building it into FaceTime where you can start watching something on your device or listening to music while doing a FaceTime call and it syncs between all the participants. You can even share your iOS screen now with other iOS users over FaceTime. So if you would like to provide some tech support to a family member or friend, you can actually share that iOS screen over FaceTime. So very cool. There's also going to be an API for SharePlay and other companies have already announced they're going to support it like Disney Plus, Hulu, HBO, and many others where you can do a FaceTime call and sync that playback together. So very cool there. Also, there were updates to messages on iOS, ways of sharing photos and group messages. You can have photo stacks and collages to help it be a more streamlined experience while you're looking at the message conversation. And there'll also be new sections in news and music, podcasts, where if someone shares something with you in an iMessage group message, maybe they send you an Apple Music link, an Apple TV show link, or a news article, there'll actually be a shared with you section in those apps where things that people have shared with you will show up in that section. And you can also pin certain messages to find easier later. So cool features there. Notifications are getting a big update in iOS 15, and this goes across iOS and iPadOS. Notifications will have visual updates, things like profile images attached to message notifications, and you can even relegate some notifications to be in a summary notification. So you could say, all these apps, I just want to see these notifications once a day. Send me a notification summary at 3 o'clock in the afternoon every day. And you can send those notifications that you specify into that notification summary. And what's even cooler is Do Not Disturb, which is something that has been on the iPhone and the iPad and the Mac for a while. But if you set Do Not Disturb active because you don't want to get any notifications then, if someone goes to text you, at least in an iMessage conversation, they'll actually see that you have Do Not Disturb turned on. And they can still send you the message, but they'll know it won't get delivered until you turn Do Not Disturb off. If someone really needs to send an urgent text, though, they'll be able to get through that Do Not Disturb if they choose. 
Apple also announced a new focus feature, meaning you can have different settings like home or work or vacation, and you can set notification preferences depending on which focus you have at any particular day. So maybe you only want to get text messages during these hours of a day, or you want to make sure you get all your emails during your work hours. You can set those different focus times in iOS 15. Also, an incredible new feature called Live Text is coming to iOS and iPadOS, where you can actually select text in a photo or image. So maybe you take a picture of a whiteboard after a meeting, you'll now be able to select, copy and paste the text in that image. Pretty wild. And not only that, but you can select something like a phone number and call it right there from an image that you've taken with the camera. And you can also look up things that you have in the picture. Very similar to Google Lens, if you're familiar with that feature. So all those coming to iOS 15, plus more Spotlight updates. Photos will be in Spotlight. There'll be rich contact results when you search in Spotlight on your iPhone, so you can call or message right from Spotlight. So very cool there. There were updates to Photos. There'll be new Memories features and updates to the For You tab where you can put your photos and videos together automatically and choose music from Apple Music, so that's pretty cool. Then big updates to Wallet, Weather, and Maps. The Wallet app on iOS, as you know, you can have your payments in there for Apple Pay and loyalty cards, and you've been able to have some other cards in there. Well, now Apple is working with states where you can actually have your driver's license and identity cards in the Apple Wallet app. State governments will have to participate in that. And they're also working with airports, so you can have whatever identification needed there in your Apple Wallet app, and you won't need to have your physical driver's license or identity in the future at participating airports and in states. Plus, there'll be hotels supporting room key cards in Apple Wallet, so that's pretty cool. The weather app is getting a redesign. You'll have live radar maps right in the weather app, so you'll be able to see the rain and precipitation on live radar built into the weather app. Plus, it's got some redesigned forecast images and live wallpapers, depending on the weather. So cool updates to the weather app. And Maps got a lot of updates, things like new turn-by-turn -turn visual directions where you can really get 3D lane assist and a 3D picture of certain cities. That's only going to be limited to, four, I think, five or six cities at the moment. It's not going to be everywhere, obviously. Major cities first, but pretty cool improvements there. And augmented reality improvements where it'll be able to point you in the right direction. You can scan the street around you. Your iPhone will be able to tell with the buildings and AR where you're pointed. And it can actually put arrows on the screen of your iPhone telling you, turn down this way, go that way, and it'll be able to direct you in augmented reality. There were also updates to AirPods. No new hardware here. They didn't release any new models of AirPods, but some new features coming to current AirPods is conversation boost and reduce ambient noise. And so if you're wearing AirPods and you would like to be able to focus on someone speaking to you, you can use the conversation boost feature where the AirPods will focus on that voice and put that into your ears through the AirPods and you can reduce ambient noise through the AirPods as well. Announce notifications, which has been a thing for text messages, where your AirPods will read your text messages to you as they come in. That's expanding to other apps like email and wherever else it can be supported. And those focus features, like I talked about before, setting certain times of day where certain notifications come through, those will also apply to your AirPods and what notifications come through there. 
There's also improvements to the Find My Network with AirPods, where you'll be able to get notifications if you leave your AirPods back somewhere. So you could say, if I leave my AirPods and I walk away from them, you could have your iPhone notify you that you've left them. And there's also proximity view. Using Bluetooth, it will be able to tell you if you're close to your AirPods or far away. Not exactly like the precise location tracking you get with AirTags, because that has the U1 ultra wideband chip, but it gives you a little better idea of where your AirPods and how close they are to you. And lastly, spatial audio, which is a feature you have on the AirPods Pro and AirPods Max. Spatial audio is also coming to tvOS, like we've been asking for, and M1 Max. So not Intel Max, but M1 Max will have that spatial audio feature. And they announced that Apple Music is getting many albums and artists releasing music with spatial audio today as you listen to this Monday, June 7. And let me take a moment to tell you about our awesome sponsor, SetApp. Listen, there's an app for everything these days. Some are excellent and others are not so much. But the best way to discover new quality apps and get all the tools you need to be successful and productive is SetApp, which is a single subscription for Mac and iPhone apps that gives you access to over 200 high-quality apps all rolled into one. You just pay that single monthly subscription fee and you get access to over 200 apps right there in SetApp. You can quickly find and select the most effective apps you need for any task so you can stay working in your flow. SetApp is on a mission to help users get more done. And with SetApp, there's no more worrying about having to search for apps to solve a problem. A dedicated curation team picks only trusted developers to ensure you get the highest quality apps at your disposal. And there are some incredible apps in there. If you've ever wanted to try Ulysses, the writing app, or maybe try Paste, I've talked about clipboard managers before. Paste is a great option for that. Or maybe you've wanted to try MindNode for some mind mapping. All those apps are available in SetApp. And rather paying those individual subscriptions for every app, you can just pay that one low monthly subscription to SetApp and you get access to all of those apps on your Mac and iOS. It's a great value. So instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. And new apps are added to SetApp regularly. Updates are free, and all the apps are full-featured pro versions. So head over to setapp.com to try SetApp free for one week. You could try it for a week totally for free. And if you like it, just pay $9.99 per month. That's $9.99 per month, as long as it's useful to you. And trust me, I love SetApp. It has some of the great apps that I love to use in there. Again, like Ulysses and MindNote. I use those personally. So try it out, setapp.com. That's S-E-T-A-P-P.com. Or click the link in the episode notes and you can find it there. Our thanks to SetApp for sponsoring this episode. Then Apple moved on to iPadOS 15, and now there were high hopes that Apple would make some significant changes to iPadOS. With the new M1 12.9-inch amazing iPad Pro, we were looking to see what they would add, and we got some of the things on our wish list. For instance, you can now put widgets anywhere, not just in that left sidebar. So you could put widgets anywhere on the home screen of iPad, and they made larger format widgets because of the larger screen. So bigger than you can do on the iPhone, you have some bigger widgets on iPad. Also, the app library is coming to iPadOS, and that app library can live in the dock. So you have quick access to all the apps on your iPad right there. But when it comes to multitasking, it came to this section in the keynote, and I was waiting for a big change. And honestly, it is not that big of an update as we were hoping for. Multitasking is still basically side-by-side -side apps with slide over, 
There is some improvement. For instance, if you have multiple windows open for an app, maybe multiple Safari windows or multiple notes, there's this new feature called a shelf that sits at the bottom and it kind of shows you the open or active windows for each app. You can switch between the windows and drag one up to be in the split view. But honestly, it's just another way to view your open windows. You can't really work with apps differently in this version of multitasking. Again, we'll be testing it and I'll report back on it, but multitasking on iPad is still relegated to that side view with slide over when it comes down to it. There are new keyboard shortcuts for multitasking and then there's a new menu bar icon. So at the top of the screen in the new iPad OS, there'll be a split screen and side-by-side -side shortcut. So it'll make it a little easier to get apps into that side-by-side -side mode, but that is still the main way of multitasking on iPad is side-by-side -side apps. There was a significant update to the Notes app with a new feature called Quick Note. And it basically, you can create a quick note that is persistently visual across the OS. You can switch between apps and this quick note will stay live. You can add links and rich details to that quick note and it's persistent as you navigate through the iPad. And things like if you add a specific line of text from a website to a quick note, you can actually click that line of text and it will bring you to that web page in Safari to the exact spot where you put that text in the note. So that's a pretty cool feature there. Apple is also bringing a major update to translate on the new iPad. It will be a standalone app in the new iPad OS. It'll have voice recognition and auto translate. So two people can have a conversation in two different languages and it'll auto translate as people talk. You can also practice handwriting in different languages right there in the translate app. And you can have system wide translation. So maybe you're composing an email and you'd like to translate a single line while you're still in the mail app. You'll be able to do that by selecting the text and choosing translate. So that's pretty cool. And lastly, Swift Playgrounds got a big update. You can have a guide to creating your first app and there's more tools even where you can submit an app to the app store from the iPad. Now this is not Xcode on iPad like many people were hoping for, but it does make Swift Playgrounds more powerful so much so that you can build an app and submit it to the app store all from the iPad without a Mac. So that's pretty cool. Apple then had a segment on privacy where it talked about Mail, Safari, and Siri. It's bringing better privacy protection to Mail and Safari where it will hide your location as you browse or read emails. It'll hide whether you've opened an email. This again is if you're using the built-in Mail app on iOS or Mac. And it will also hide your IP address as you browse Safari. Now Siri kind of had the bigger changes where they've brought on-device processing for Siri so many requests won't require an internet connection when you talk to Siri. And from the demo, it looks like there'll be much faster Siri responses because of that on-device processing. So that's pretty cool. They then talked about iCloud and a couple features here that are really important. Account recovery is a new feature for iCloud where you can designate other people in your family or friends that could recover your account if you lose access. Maybe you've forgotten your password or you've gotten locked out of your account. You can designate someone that you can call who can grant you access back to your iCloud account. Hopefully that will mitigate some of the people that get locked out of their iCloud account often. Also, they have a digital legacy plan where you can designate someone to own your data or pass on your data after you've passed away. And then they announced iCloud Plus. Now, initially I thought this was going to be an additional paid service, but this is actually features coming to the current pricing model for iCloud. Now it's unclear if that will be the lowest tiers or just the premium tiers of iCloud, but iCloud Plus has some VPN features built in. Apple calls it the private relay. So as you browse in Safari, it will actually route your internet traffic through different private relays. So the 
tracking and all that kind of stuff basically can't happen because they're routing your data in a secure and encrypted way and people can't track you. So that's private relay. You can hide your email address by creating aliases. That's if you use iCloud Mail. And a big update for home users, if you use HomeKit and you have those cameras with HomeKit Secure Video, which we talk about on HomeKit Insider a lot, you can now have unlimited cameras. This is huge update. It was previously, you can only have a maximum of five HomeKit secure video cameras, and they've lifted that so you can have unlimited cameras right there in your home app for HomeKit secure video. Very cool there. Next came a segment on health and some new health features. One is mobility, which actually tracks walking steadiness. And as it tracks that walking steadiness, it can notify you if your fall risk is increasing. There will also be improved lab result info in the health app and trends where the health app will actually see what trends are happening, whether that's heart rate or activity or respiratory tracking, which is new in the Apple Watch. And it will let you know if there are trends, good or bad, happening in your health. Finally, you'll be able to share your health data with trusted family members and friends. And you can choose what data is shared. Maybe you just want heart rate or you just want that mobility and walking steadiness shared. But family members will be able to share that with each other. So if you're caring for someone, you'll be able to keep track of those trends on your phone. You won't have to go to their devices to see that health info. Then came watchOS 8. Updates to the Apple Watch include some health updates to the Breathe app. There's some new animations and redesign there plus new reflect prompts, kind of a mindfulness activity where you can take a moment and it'll give you prompts like, think about something that gives you joy. And you can take a moment for that. And it now tracks respiratory rate as you sleep, which is an important metric. Two new workouts were announced from Tai Chi workouts to Pilates. There's a new photo watch face with depth and kind of a portrait effect. And there were some updates to messaging on the Apple Watch, including the ability to search for and send GIFs right on the Apple Watch. And that is how they said it in the keynote, GIFs. Just wanted to throw that in there. But I know my son will like that for his Apple Watch. Then actually came a segment on home. We did not get home OS or some major home operating system changes, but we did get some cool new features for the home, one including home keys, where you'll be able to use your iPhone and Apple Watch as the key for your home to automatically unlock your front door. You'll be able to ask Siri on your HomePod mini to play something on Apple TV. This is a feature that Google and the Chromecast had for a while, but now you'll be able to ask your HomePod, hey, play the next episode of this show for all mankind on the Apple TV, and it'll automatically turn everything on and play that episode on your command, which is pretty cool. There's new sharing features for TVs and movies that you like across the family. You'll be able to set HomePod mini pair as speakers for your Apple TV. And this was pretty big. Third-party manufacturers will be able to add Siri onto their third-party devices. They actually showed an Ecobee thermostat, which previously has had Alexa built into the thermostat. And Apple will now allow Siri to be built into those third-party devices. Again, there was a lot of rumors and leaks prior to WWDC talking about will Apple create some kind of home theater device. But this feature where Siri can be put in other devices means Sonos could make a home theater soundbar or something with Siri built in. And that could be the answer for Siri and HomeKit support in a home theater type device. Apple also announced that Matter support, which is that connected home over IP alliance, is coming in iOS 15. And the Home app on Apple Watch is going to be improved in the next version of watchOS as well. Then came macOS. We had the unveiling of the next macOS name, which is macOS Monterey. One of the new features is continuity, and in that is universal control, where a single keyboard and mouse can control an iPad, Mac, and iMac all at the same time. 
The demo they used was Craig Federighi with an iMac, a MacBook Pro, and an iPad Pro all next to each other in a row. And with this universal control feature, you can use the trackpad on the Mac or the mouse on the iMac and actually scroll all the way across the three devices screens as though they were all being used by one uh, mouse and keyboard. And you can even drag something from the iPad across the MacBook onto the iMac. And it's just, it was a wild demo. And so if you use multiple devices like that, an iPad and a Mac, but you don't want to do Sidecar, which shares display or does that secondary display on iPad, this universal control will allow you to use that keyboard and trackpad with multiple Apple devices, iPad, MacBook, and iMac. So pretty cool. AirPlay is also coming to the Mac, meaning you'll be able to AirPlay from your iPhone or iPad to the Mac. Maybe your Mac is hooked up to some nice speakers or you want to be able to just send AirPlay to a Mac. Maybe it's in a presentation setting like in an office. Will you be able to do that built in? Third party apps have done that historically, but now that AirPlay feature will be built in. And the biggest news, which I'm super excited about, the Shortcuts app is coming to Mac in macOS Monterey. You'll be able to build shortcuts, they'll sync, and those shortcuts will be available all over macOS in the Finder, in the Share Sheet, plus the app and the dock. You can trigger them with Siri. Very excited for that. Shortcuts coming to the Mac in this macOS Monterey. And Safari also got a big redesign. They've added tab groups where you can have multiple tabs that are grouped as you browse. There's a streamlined toolbar design, which remains to be seen how useful it will be. It looks really nice in the demo, but I would like to be able to have certain extensions like one password and the share button visible. Remains to be seen how customizable that toolbar is in the new Safari, so we'll be reporting on that soon. But extensions for Safari is actually coming to iPad and iPhone. Very cool. We have extensions in Safari on the Mac, but for the first time, those will also be available on iPad and iPhone. Finally, Apple announced some new developer technologies, many having to do with the announcements they made earlier in the keynote, like shared playback controls over FaceTime. They did say always on apps for watchOS, which if you make a watchOS app, that would be very useful if you can have your app always on. I know there's some issues with refreshing and stuff because of the CPU constraints on watchOS, so look forward to see what developers do with that. And a new feature called Object Capture API for macOS, meaning if you're a developer and you need to create a 3D model of an object, this API will actually let you take multiple photos of an object, even just with your iPhone, and it will take those 2D photos and create a 3D object that you can use in 3D space in the software you're using on your Mac. So pretty cool. And new features like concurrency in Swift, and we'll talk about some of those developer updates soon as well. And finally, the App Store, developers can now create multiple product pages for different users. So maybe you would like to display different app icons or use different screenshots depending on who is seeing your app as they browse the App Store. Developers now have the opportunity to do that. Also, they've announced in-app events, meaning maybe your app has a special event coming Something is happening at noon on Thursday. Maybe the Disney Plus app wants to advertise that Black Widow, the movie, is airing at this time on this day. Well, you can create those in-app events, and when someone opens the App Store app, those events can pop up for apps that they already have downloaded or for apps that they have not seen yet. So those will include personalized recommendations and special time and date events. Finally, the last tool for developers they announced was Xcode Cloud. 
This would allow a developer as they're writing an app to actually send their code for building in the cloud. The Xcode cloud can test that code on multiple devices and then actually distribute to people in test flight as a beta. And so you can do all that in the cloud. It saves some processing power on the Mac you're actually working on. Plus you can automatically distribute it all from the cloud. So we'll have more details on that soon as well, but seemed like a pretty cool feature. And that was it for the WWDC keynote here in 2021. Again, not as many iPadOS updates as we were hoping for, at least I was hoping for, but nonetheless, we did get shortcuts on the Mac, some big updates to screen sharing and FaceTime on iOS, plus cool things with weather, wallet apps, and those AirPods updates as well. We'll be diving deeper into all these announcements on Friday's episode of the Apple Insider Podcast, plus HomeKit Insider that comes out on Mondays. So subscribe to those. You'll find links in show notes there. Tweet at me, what were you most excited about hearing from the WWDC keynote? I'd love to hear from you. Tweet at me, at Stephen Robles. You can follow me there. I'd love to interact with you. And if you haven't yet, we'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app that helps our podcast get discovered by more Apple and technology lovers like yourself. And don't forget, you can support the show at patreon.com slash appleinsider. There you can get an ad-free version of the show and early access to our weekly episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Friday for the Apple Insider podcast as we dive even deeper into everything Apple announced at WWDC. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.